Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 77. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week we're talking with Greta Eskridge about her new book, 100 Days of Adventure, and how we can foster curiosity, exploration, and wonder in our own homes. I found myself some days just craving something outside the four walls of our home. Not because we never went anywhere, but I needed something different. I needed to shake up our routine. That's when I really decided that we would make weekly adventures a part of our learning. Plus, we'll share about some exciting events happening at the Wild and Free Farm Village this summer. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. I collect words like my son collects matchbox cars. Mine in a book, his in a box. We relish rainy days when we can pull out our caches to catch a few minutes of solitude with our fascinations. I've kept a living journal of quotes, ideas, and observations for as long as I can remember. In the beginning, I was just a girl with a fondness for words and a propensity to transcribe passages that spoke to me. Wherever I went, I had an invisible gunny sack for gathering the abstract. At the time, it felt like a strange pastime for a child, so I kept it to myself. But as an adult, I've discovered it wasn't so uncommon after all. In fact, writers, artists, philosophers, and thinkers have been doing it for centuries. As it turns out, it's commonplace. The term commonplace refers to the ancient practice of keeping a private journal dedicated to collecting bits of knowledge, sketches, observations, and quotations. It serves as a central resource of information you want to find, reread, or reference easily again in the future. Aptly named, a commonplace book is where one collects these nuggets of wisdom. As homeschoolers, we are in the business of making old things new again. We've revived the relevance of the classics, the simple pleasure of a nature walk, the art of a handwritten note, and perhaps unwittingly, the keeping of the commonplace book. Whether we know it or not, we practice the art of commonplacing in our home learning through activities like notebooking, narrating, read-alouds, or nature journaling. Every day, we are compiling a modern, living education built upon old, ancient wisdom. These practices are akin to what all the great thinkers, philosophers, and writers did. In many ways, our homeschool is our very own living, breathing book of wisdom. It is a collection of all that we think, read, and experience, both together and individually. Whether we practice copywork, keep a nature journal, write in the books we read, or simply remember the beauty of our days, we are curating a captivating anthology of our time together. Much like the keepers of commonplace books collected thoughts and ideas to create their own works and masterpieces, we collect the best practices to create a life and education, all together lovely and adorned with flourishes of our own. We draw from the well of thoughtful leaders, adapt the concepts of great practitioners, and recall the cornerstones of our unique calling. Our ideals are not always easy to implement in the midst of modern culture. It takes intention 
to uphold our values, as commonplace as they may be. But with small, simple acts, we choose to celebrate the lovely and remember the worthy. By staying the course in the commonplace, we take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Friends, I'm excited to announce that we just released our new Commonplace Bundle for the month of March. It's packed with activities like sourdough dinosaur fossils by Rachel Alsbury, handcrafts like the Beeswax Fern Candle by Leah Damon, exclusive podcasts with Julie Bogart and Amber Johnston, tutorials like making natural bug nets with Amy Cow, nature journaling blueberries with Kristen Rogers, and so, so much more. The Commonplace Bundle is a treasure trove of articles, stories, and resources to help you document these delightful days with your children. If you join our monthly membership today, you'll not only get access to this month's Commonplace Bundle, but you'll also get last month's Refuge Bundle, plus a welcome kit in the mail with your first print magazine. To join this beautiful homeschool community, visit bewildandfree.org slash bundles. We'll hear from the amazing Greta Eskridge in just a moment. But first, I wanted to share a special treat with you. With the emergence of spring after a long winter, I'm reminded of the unseen work of motherhood. The trees are starting to bud, tulips are beginning to blossom, and the grass is finally growing again. Our friend Leah Bowden recently shared a written piece about what it means to wait to see the fruits of our labor after a long, hard season of homeschooling. It was so good that I asked her to share it here. It's called The Waiting, and I hope you enjoy. I'm not sure I've ever fully grasped the enormity of the unseen marks of mothering. We plant, water and faithfully feed over days, months and years, then maybe, just maybe, we'll see fruit and flower when their lives are being lived independent of our own. Remember those long, holy conversations held around food in cars or on saved for vacations? I often wonder about their observations of a noble gesture, love shared with strangers, or grace shown again, mistakes covered with a hope-like vesture. The music played, prayers prayed, words read and art displayed, I know are all seeds and bulbs of plenty and good, although these may be overlooked or misunderstood. Other mothers see the dirt under our fingernails, the watering can poised, the selfless care demonstrated, the treasure from our hearts and lives potted and curated. Then one day, this happens. Father sat in a barber's chair. The Iranian man says, I know your son. He's kind and conversational, not like the others his age. We smile and feel the questions abating. We notice a small green shoot from our life's work of waiting.
Greta Eskridge is a second-generation homeschooling mom of four who always knew she'd homeschool her own kids. With the support of her husband, Aaron, they've been happily homeschooling for the past 13 years. Greta and her crew love to fill their days with reading books, making art, and going on adventures. In addition to homeschooling, Greta loves to travel the country, sharing her message of joyful, connected parenting. Her first book, Adventuring Together, released in 2020, and her second book, 100 Days of Adventure, comes out in just a little over a month. She recently sat down with Jennifer Pepito to talk about fostering curiosity, exploration, and wonder in our own homes. Let's listen in. I'm so excited to chat with you. I've been um, watching your Instagram stories and your son just got like a search and rescue certification, your teenager. And I think that's such a cool testament of your like um, your interest in adventure and your kind of planning for adventure yourself throughout the years that your son took on such an adventurous activity. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, he just... um... Yes, he loves adventure and um, also loves helping people. And so he heard about this program in our city and he said, I want to join. And um, I think it was one of the most incredibly stretching experiences for him and for me, because, um, for example, it was the first time he ever took a Scantron test. He's, he's a teenager, but I mean, he's 15 years old, but I mean, I don't give my kids Scantron tests. They've been homeschooled from day one. So this program, they had lectures every week and practical skills that they learned. And then they would have a test on their, you know, the lecture and the skills and, um, I was like, oh my gosh, he probably is going to have a Scantron test. He doesn't know what that is. I have to tell him. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was just one aspect of the ways that he grew and did things that he'd never done before. Even though we've had a very adventurous life, um, weekly adventures from the time he was like three years old, uh, he was learning things and doing things that were brand new. And, um, it just, it grew both of us. We, we studied together for each test because he has dyslexia and, um, I needed to give him as much support as I could because when he took the tests, there was no support. It was just him, um, you know, doing his best that he could, but it was fantastic. And it was an adventure just for him to step into this new thing, but his confidence has grown, um, by leaps and bounds. And to be honest, so has mine. Aha, uh-huh. I love that. You know, the way that seeing our adult children do okay, or do well can help us feel like, whoosh, I'm not a total screw up in my homeschool, you know, yes. because sometimes we have those days where we feel like yes. we don't know what we're doing or um, discouraged. Yeah, it, it's, it is because even though I have such a faith in homeschooling, I mean, I was homeschooled myself and, you know, based on my own experience, which was so positive, I, I believe in it 100%. And I, I didn't doubt that it would be wonderful for my kids, but, you know, having two kids with learning disabilities and, um, that was something totally new to me. It just, it, there were times and there have been times where I thought, okay, can I really do this? Are we really doing the best for them? And, um, it's so, 
incredibly affirming to have experiences where you see your child thrive outside of your own teaching and the learning that you're doing at home. Um, it's so affirming and it, it, that burst of, um, just joy to see them flourish, um, beyond the foundation that you gave them. It's, it's incredible. It's so true. And it's, you know, it really is, like I said, a testament to all those ways that you helped your children kind of push out of their comfort zone through your hikes and your adventure club outings. Yeah. It's so, been, it's been just so great because now I feel like we're even more excited to like grow our adventures because we're like, Oh, well we've got, we've got William now and he can, he can rescue us if something goes wrong. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. Even farther and farther. <laughs> <laughs> we want to, like, I want to take like a, uh, like wilderness first aid class and things that, that I've wanted to do for years, but with, you know, my kids being little, it just, wasn't the right time. But now I feel like, okay, I can grow along with my kids. I can grow in my um, learning and experience and the ways I adventure and connect with them. So it's really fun to have my kids growing up and like still be homeschooling when they're teens and still learning alongside them. It's so amazing. I just, I, I mean, I adore my kids. I'm really sad because some of them have moved out now. <laughs> like yeah. they do grow up. <laughs> but oh my goodness, what an amazing, like what an amazing, wonderful gift to have all this time with these fantastic people that you know well and know you well. Yeah. And we really like each other. It's it's uh, it's a gift. And I mean, homeschooling through the teen years, I had so many people tell me in the beginning, they would say things like, well, but you're going to put them in school when they get to high school. Right. And I would think to myself, like, no, like those are the golden years. I want them home with me, even though it may stretch us and it's going to be there's going to be things that other people will have to teach them because I won't know how to do it or whatever. Um, and I'm so glad that 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 I stuck to it because these are such wonderful years. Teen, yeah. Homeschooling teens is better than I ever dreamed. Yeah. And a way better option than anything else that's out there. Um, so tell me about how did your early adventures kind of facilitate that enjoyment that you're experiencing now? Well, I think that that was really what started um, me on the pursuit of connecting with my kids through adventure is that they were little and we were home, you know, every day. And, you know, I had toddlers and preschoolers and a young elementary school student and doing school and cleaning up snacks and nursing while you're reading history and potty training, doing math, like it's overwhelming. And, um, I found myself some days just craving something outside the four walls of our home and like, not because we never went anywhere, but just like, I needed something different. I needed to shake up our routine. And so that's when I really decided that we would make weekly adventures a part of our learning. And they would be, it would be a part of our school. And I started an adventure club with some friends. And at the time I had five, three and a one-year-old and, um, it just became 
just an integral, essential part of our homeschool journey. And we've stuck with it all this time. So that my oldest, who was five, is now turning 18 this in, you know, in April. And we've done it the whole time. And um, it's made homeschooling just incredibly delightful. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think that probably a lot of those, because you guys had those early adventures, it did develop those closer relationships. But I think a lot of families are in this season right now where they're struggling against burnout because, you know, the winter months can start to drag on. And so I think also your weekly adventure probably was huge in sort of preventing homeschool burnout. Yes, yes. Because it was a time for us to connect with each other in a different way outside of home, outside of school books, Um, even though we love connecting in those ways. But I think it's so valuable to find additional ways to connect. So it connected us as moms and children. It connected my children to each other as siblings. But we also did it with other families. So it allowed us to connect with our friends, my kids with their friends, me with my friends. And relationship is so important important to homeschooling. And so um, just cultivating those relationships in different ways than we did at home, it it allowed for us to really, like I said, to to experience homeschooling in such a joyful way. And those weekly trips were incredibly important. Like we don't miss unless we absolutely have to. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, what a treasure just to have that solid community having been built through the years as well. We'll be back with Greta and Jen in just a moment. But I wanted to tell you about some exciting events coming up at the Wild and Free Farm Village in Virginia this summer. First, we're hosting a family camping weekend on June 10th through 12th that celebrates the whimsy and wonder of summer. It's called the Midsummer Family Festival, and will feature guided story hikes, nature-inspired handcrafts, delicious food, and a magical weekend under the stars. Our next event is a father and son camping retreat on July 15th through 17th called Wilderness Weekend. Your guys will feast like frontiersmen, test their endurance, learn new skills, go on adventures under the cover of night, and gather around the bonfire for stories and song. And finally, we're hosting our beloved Fiction in the Forest event for the whole family on August 12th through 14th, where we'll celebrate some of our favorite books with interactive story stations in the woods, music under the stars, and story-themed activities, crafts, and games. It's a camping weekend like no other. This will be our second year of hosting this event, and we can't wait to share the books we're bringing to life this summer. Okay. Let's rejoin Greta Eskridge and Jennifer Pepito. So let me ask you a question. As your kids have gotten older, you know, into the teen years, how have you kept them integrated into family adventures? Because I think a lot of families transition to sort of almost losing their teens in the teen years. Well, I think it it started um, when they were little, to be honest, because that that became our family culture, that this is what we do together. And this is our norm. And we do it um, together as a family. We do it with other families, with children of all ages. So there was never this idea of like, oh, the big kids, they get to do their own thing. And 
we separate them from the little kids. Everybody does it all together. And so that means that there are um, plenty of opportunities for the big kids to uh, learn how to slow down if necessary to be with the younger kids. Uh, It's an opportunity for us for the little kids to grow because the big kids are pushing them. Um, It's an opportunity for us to, as a family, to help one another when somebody's struggling. You know, if one person is like, this is not my favorite hike or it's hot and I don't want to do this for us to rally around each other to show grace. Um, And so it just, it's like, this is who we are and this is what we've done for the whole time that they've been around basically for their whole lives. And like, so, like I said, it just becomes the culture. This is the Eskridge way. And, um, I think that really helps when they become teens. Like we didn't stop because they were growing up and they were busy. Like we allow for the teen years to happen and their schedules to become more busy, but we still hold the, the opportunity to adventure together as sacred and important. And it's something, like I said, we don't miss unless we absolutely have to. Yeah, I think that's really special. And it's interesting because it, when you hear the word adventure, you kind of think spontaneity. But in so many ways, your adventure club has become a, a weekly rhythm, almost yes. a non-negotiable weekly rhythm that while being you know spontaneous when you go out, Still, it's such a structure that's probably um, made it so much easier to keep it going through the years. Yes, I love that you said that. I love that because I honestly hadn't even thought of that. Um, Adventure does seem spontaneous, which I think a lot of people um, like feel like they can't do it because of that. They're like, oh, I have um, like I have little kids or we've got this other schedule schedule. So we can't, we can't make it happen, but, um, because we can't be, we can't afford to be spontaneous. And, and, um, so they, they kind of shrink back from it or pull back from it. But I think like we did plan for it every week. Like this is what's going to happen. And we knew what to pack in our backpacks and we packed the backpacks ahead of time the night before. So it wasn't a frantic rush to get out the door in the morning. Um, and maybe during the adventure itself, we were spontaneous because we'd say, okay, um, you know, we're going to miss nap time because the, the hike is so great. We're going to stay out a little longer. And so the planning beforehand allowed for the spontaneity to occur in the moment. Yeah. I love that. It's so important. I think for us to realize that we have to make space for our priorities. Like we can't just sort of go through life hoping that, will have a beautiful life. Do you know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to make the, uh, the um, make the initiative or make the intention to read out loud every day. If you want reading aloud to be a part of your family culture and you have to make the intention to take a weekly adventure outing. If you want adventure to be a part of your family culture, you can't just let life kind of slide on doing the most, um, you know, whatever's right in front of you. If you want to plan for something that's more vision based. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just, like I said, I, I just hadn't really thought of it that way. So thank you. That, um, I think that's a helpful clarification for a lot of us. Yeah. And I think it's really amazing how it's helped your children feel like they're part of a movement in a way, like, you know, we're homeschooling 
in an area where there's actually not a lot of high school homeschoolers in our community. And, you know, my children have become um, comfortable They're You know, they're seeing what their friends are struggling with in their high schools and some of the, the pain points that they have, which has helped them stay uh, committed to homeschooling, but definitely having this huge, you know, weekly community like you have of people who are also in the same age group and who they've been friends with for years, I'm sure is helping your children stay the course. Yes, it, it does help a lot to have um, a group of friends who are on the same path. Um, I mean, I remember growing up being homeschooled in, you know, the eighties and early nineties and hardly anyone was homeschooling and especially not teenagers. So I had just a very small handful of fellow teen friends. And, um, the older I got, the less <laughs> there were of them. Um, but having even just a couple was so helpful because they understood what my life was like. And, um, I loved homeschooling so much that I didn't feel like, uh, I was missing out and I needed to be in traditional school to have friendships. Um, but I will say seeing my kids experience be so much uh, bigger than mine in terms of a, a much bigger group of friends who have a similar experience to them, um, is really wonderful because I feel like it's just so much more normal for them um, than it was for me. I had to like make a lot of explanations for myself as a homeschooler. And I feel like they don't have to, even when they go amongst kids who aren't homeschooled, like my son in his search and rescue program, he's the only kid who's homeschooled, but nobody really thinks it's weird because homeschooling's grown more common. And I'm grateful for that for my kids. And, um, even I hope for my grandkids, cause I think that it makes it, um, it just makes it easier for them. They don't feel like such outcasts. They feel like this is an awesome way of life. Yeah. I think it's so important for them to kind of have that vision and, and feel like they're part of something. So what would you say to families who are kind of just getting started with the venture? I think your new book has a lot of great um, activities, but I'd love to hear a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think that that the first thing I would say is not to get hung up on the idea that um, an adventure has to be big in order for it to count. And so in my first book, um, Adventuring Together, I talk a lot about just that whole idea of comparison and not allowing us to think, oh, well, I'm not taking my family to Iceland to climb a glacier. So therefore we're not adventurous. Your adventure might be going on a walk in a nature center and that's where you start and you start where you are and um, you grow from there. And then my next book, which comes out at the end of March, which is called a hundred days of adventure. And that's actually a book for kids for them to grow as adventurous children and explore and experience the world. And it has a hundred different adventures for kids to, to try. Um, And they're divided by season. So every season they can look through and think, okay, well, which one of these can I try? 
And I purposely put a lot of them in there that are um, ones that they can do, adventures that they can do with their family, because my idea is not that a parent would give this book to their kids and say, okay, go, go get busy, do something over there so I can get my stuff done. But really the idea is to cultivate connection and togetherness and build relationship. And so they can look at these different adventures and say, Hey mom, can you join me on this one? Or I'd like to invite my sibling to do it with me. Um, so there's a bunch of things to choose from. I mean, some of my favorites are like, um, gathering stinging nettle leaves carefully with gloves and making pesto out of that because I think it's so empowering for a kid to learn how to forage and to see that there are plants out in nature that they could actually use to feed themselves Um, or going out late at night to watch a meteor shower. Um, Of course, they're going to need parents to help with that because, um, you know, they might need to be out at midnight or four in the morning. What is, um, as we close here, I just have one last question. What's on your adventure bucket list for your family? Uh, We have never been to the Grand Canyon. And so that is something that's a big adventure that we want to do as a family. It's about an eight hour drive from where we live. And, um, that's definitely a bucket list item. We've, um, we've, been talking about it and we're hoping to get to it this year. That's a big one. How fun, Greta. I know. I think that it helps like me keep doing the things that I have to do on the day to day when I have some big fun thing to look forward to. So I'm glad you guys have that big adventure to look forward to as well. Me too. I think it's definitely true. It's, it's nice to have like those weekly adventures for us because they're small and they're doable. Um, but they get us out of our routine and that helps us get through our everyday. But then it's also fun to have those bigger ones to think, okay, this is a, a, a big one to look forward to as well. They're both just so valuable for our um, mental and just emotional health. Yeah. Well, it's been such a joy to chat with you. I'm excited for families to keep taking those adventures. It's such a wonderful way to unplug from tech and really listen and connect with our families. So I hope that our Walden Free community will plan for more adventures. Me too. And I'm sure they will. We are an adventurous group of moms for sure. Okay. Thanks, Greta. Thank you, Jen. Talk to you later. Thank you, Greta. I'm so, so excited for your new book. And if you're listening and haven't yet, you can still pre-order Greta's book, 100 Days of Adventure, and get some awesome pre-order perks before it releases on April 12th. Just head to your favorite bookseller, Amazon, or check out Ma and Pa Modern on Instagram. Friends, don't forget about the new Commonplace Bundle that's ready to download right now. As we enter a fresh season of homeschooling, this is the perfect bundle to reset your course, refresh your spirit, and revitalize your heart for the months ahead. You'll get access to two bundles in one week, all of our conference recordings from the past few years, and a print magazine in the mail. To sign up, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next time for the Wild and Free Podcast.